Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. I can feel the change in the wind right now. Nothing's in my way. as I learn how to work that thing. Anyway, hi, this is Dr. Jess Armine coming to you from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. How is everybody tonight? Uh, the summer is over, and um, guess what? You could tell from Philadelphia, it went from like 90 degrees and humid to 51 degrees and cold, which I happen to like myself. I like cold weather. Uh, some people are very upset about it. I'm not. Anyway, tonight we are going to be talking about the symphony of the cells. And I did write a PDF for this, a PowerPoint, and that PowerPoint is available on, if you go to Dr. Martin's site or the Bioindividualized Medicine blog, uh, the uh, Integrative Functional um, Medicine blog, uh, Dr. Jess Armine, and the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine. Uh, You can all pick it up right there. So I'm going to wait a couple minutes while everybody gets that together while I make some um, announcements. Uh, Number one, I am going to be speaking at Dr. Ben's conference in October. Dr. Ben's conference is in Denver. It is Seeking Health Educational Institute. It is a massive conference. It's going to be like a five-day conference. And uh, you can uh, look into it if you're a healthcare provider or if you'd like to come by going to seekinghealth.org and just click on the conference button and you'll get all the information. Uh, the information is going to be extensive. There's, you're going to be able to get the latest research. Uh, you'll be able to interact with healthcare professionals, ask questions, and you'll be listening to case, case studies, uh, people who are going to be there are Susie Cohen, who is on our show, who is America's most loved pharmacist, uh, Bernarda Zenker, MD, Paul Anderson, ND, uh, Alessandro Freddi, and I believe he is, um, I'm sorry that I don't know right off the bat, but he focuses on ketogenic application and health, on nutrigenomics, HRV, and environmental, environmental influences on performance. Yes, just speak the English language. Neil Nathan, MD, who is a gifted physician and a lecturer. Mike Musel, MS, who is going to be the master of ceremonies. He's the author of Belly Fat Effect and podcast host at 
highintensityhealth.com, and of course, yours truly. So, anybody interested, in it, please go there. I'm telling you something, this is going to be an incredible, it's not a seminar, it's a conference. I mean, wow, that's the first time I could speak at a conference except the one that was my own. So, I'm really, really happy. So, well, people are getting their, um, <clears throat> getting the PDFs. Okay, I want to let you know that I just checked the stats. And since we started, we have had, ready, drum roll, 98,966 listens since we started. I think the point is getting across, people. Okay, so I'm going to ask uh, this week if you tell your friends, because um, I'd really like to see this go over 100,000 this week. It's sort of like getting that car, you know, it's like you, know, you just want to drive it when you're getting near 100,000. But uh, I started out with an idea uh, like about a year and a half ago saying let's talk about chronic illnesses and, and what they're really all about and how they can be cured and so forth. And it just took off. And I've been I've had the pleasure and honor of having all kinds of uh, great speakers, um, lots of uh Lots of people who are telling their stories and, you know, bioindividualized medicine as an entity is growing in leaps and bounds across the world. So amazing, amazing, amazing. So hopefully everybody's gotten there, has gotten the PDF. So I am going to start and I have called this the symphony of the cells, the part, the first part, or should have said part the first, hmm. the first part. Anyway, there's a second part next week. Why am I going back to the cells? Okay, well, you know, quite frankly, everybody's still spinning around looking at MTHFR, looking at methylation, and looking at everything but the very basics because I think we need to be reminded, some of us need to be told, some healthcare providers or vitamin companies definitely need to be told, okay, but we need to be reminded of the true basics of health. And I have to tell you that since we've been doing this quote-unquote foundational work, people who we had trouble with a scant six months ago are getting better in leaps and bounds. I'm uh, impressed. So why are cells important? Okay. Now, everybody knows you just heard the noise outside. That's because they know I'm on a radio show and they like to go back and forth with their motorcycles. But they forget that I'm on the second floor and, I have a, and I'm a good shot. So they have to be kind of careful. Uh, that was a joke in case anybody from law enforcement is listening. Okay, so why are cells important? Well, cells are the basic unit of life. And I got to tell you a quick story. When I started medical school, the very first day, you take cellular physiology. And um, we're sitting in this classroom, and this very elderly gentleman walks in. Okay, and I'm talking about he looks like the kind of person that didn't study history. He remembered it. Okay, and like most teachers, he sits down and starts telling us a story. And the story was the Big Bang. And he started at the Big Bang and talked about how the Big Bang occurred and, you know, how it spread hydrogen ions and how they, coal, you know, coalesced and started creating you know, the hydrogen ions would get together, get together, get together, and then all of a sudden they created so much weight that they would ignite, and that's how sun, sun started getting ignited, and then, you know, that was a fusion reaction, so it would create helium, and the helium would get together and create all these elements, and then eventually the star would explode, and 
start spraying the elements around the universe. And after about an hour and a half, we decided we better start ta- taking notes. Okay. And what he did was work up cellular physiology literally from the Big Bang. And we now know, I now know why our, the salinity of our cells is in that brackish area because when we pulled ourselves out of the seas, the seas weren't as salty as they were now. They were brackish. Okay, now they're salty because of all the rains and all the, you know, the minerals that have gone into the sea. So <clears throat> if you don't have things going to work. So let's remember that cells that work together, we call tissues. Tissues that work together, we call organs. Organs that work together for purpose, we call it the body. But you can work on any pathway you want. You still have to make sure the cells work. So I learned a long time ago that if I want to heal somebody, I better pay attention to their cellular metabolism or the function of their cells. And you know we're always talking about leaky cells in this, but I'm going to go a little bit different tonight. So on page three, kin this to a symphony, because that's really what we're talking about is not just supplying and throwing at and giving the cells what they need or the organs what they need. We're talking about the ability of the body to symphonize, okay, to be able to coordinate and correlate. You know, if you had a bunch of people with instruments and they just started playing willy-nilly, yeah, okay, but you get them all together and they play beautiful music under a conductor, well, that's a symphony. So let's talk about the cell. The cell has organelles in it. Okay, those aren't actual instruments, but they're little baby organs, little um, uh, wee beasties, if you will. Okay, and these are considered the players, and the function of the players is the symphony itself. So if we go to page four, we're going to say let's meet the players. Okay, page five is the anatomy of a cell. And um, I picked this particular one because it was kind of easy to see, and it had the name of the organelles and their structure and function on the right-hand side. So inside of a cellule, we know that we have a nucleus, which contains chromosomes, and a nucleolus. This is where the genetic material is stored and controls all cellular activities. The nucleus is the brain of the cell. <clears throat> the nucleolus is a massive RNA located within the nucleus, and this is where ribosomes are formed and other products of RNA. Ribosomes are granular little proteins, particles that are involved in the synthesis of proteins. So remember, cells create their own proteins. Cells are like little contained cities. They do everything. That's why we should study the cell. And then you know what the whole body is doing. <clears throat> For those of you who are bent on um, biology, they have the endoplasmic reticulum. Okay, the rough and the smooth. Um, don't ask. Anyway, it's a membranous network contiguous with the cell and nuclear membranes, uh, the endoplasmic reticulum, with ribosomes is attached, involved in protein synthesis for use outside the cell. Okay, and if there's no ribosomes attach, attached, the function is steroid synthesis, intercellular transport, and detoxification. I think the cells know more about detox than we do. Um, somebody named Goljai. Golgi or Golgi named an apparatus next to himself, and it's a stacked membrane and vessels that package protein produced at the rough ER, at the rough endoplasmic reticulum. If I say that five times fast, huh? Okay, and the purpose of it is that it's going to export some of these proteins because some of our cells 
create proteins for export. And of course, they import things and they create their own proteins for their own use. Okay. The mitochondria. I know you haven't heard that word before. Haven't said it more than 10,000 times each month or each day because I'm constantly talking about it. It's that over, oval organelle with the membrane folds in it, that funny looking cell in there, okay, that are called cristae. <clears throat> that produce ATP through the Krebs cycle and oxidative phosphorylation. Well, simply said, the mitochondrion is in fact the powerhouse of the cell. And for those people who like trivia, okay, the mitochondrion or the mitochondria are not native to our genome. Okay, they are actually a, an invader of bacteria that kind of hooked up with us way back when, okay, because our waste product, lactic and pyruvic acid and stuff, and NADH and FADH2, it liked as its food. And it's, and when it got its food, okay, it gave us back a ton of ATP, which was its waste product. And I know nobody likes to think of ATP as a waste product, but uh, frankly, it was a great symbiotic relationship. So, you know, an agreement was made, an accord was struck. You can see the, uh, you can see the written agreement uh, and the mitochondria stayed. And this is how uh, we produce a nice amount of ATP per mole of glucose. And as everybody remembers that a mole is not a furry animal, it is a measurement. Okay, so one mole of glucose creates 38 ATPs under the right circumstances, acid and two ATPs, which could be a bad thing. <clears throat> Lysosomes. These vesicles are filled with enzymes that break down worn cellular components or engulfed particles. Say we have the cell has its own waste system, it'll break stuff down before it dumps it out. Secretory secretory vesicles, it's not a secret, they're secreting. These are membrane-bound sacs which store proteins for secretion. They sit on the membrane so they can shoot out these proteins. Microtubules and microfilaments, these are long protein fibers that function in cell support and movement. Uh, some cells don't just sit there, some of them move around, um, kind of depends. And centrioles, I haven't seen that word in a really long time. Two short rods composed of microtubules located near the nucleus division that are involved in the movement of chromosomes during cell microtubules. Hmm. So it kind of helps reproduction of the um, cell, I guess. Okay, anyway. So that's the anatomy of the cell. So if you go to page six, these are the parts. Okay, those are the members of your orchestra. But just because you've got a bunch of members does not mean you have a symphony. So if we go to page seven, for a symphony, you need music, preferably complex and fine music, and you need a conductor. Okay, I love this picture. I'd always like to conduct something. And the conductor makes sure that everybody works together, has what they need, and can pick up when there's sour notes. A good conductor can walk around and say, ha ha, that instrument is not tuned. And there's a story of one conductor who heard sour notes and tuned every instrument himself, but realized that after a while that it was the building he was in and there was some structural problems. That's how fine his ear was. So page nine, for the symphony to take place, the conductor needs to do a few things. He needs to coordinate the stuff going in and out of the cells create and manage your energy, manage your waste products, and assure a constant supply of what your cells need to work. Because very much like a mom, if your cells are not happy, nobody's happy. If your cells are not working, nothing's going to work. Have you ever asked, why am I still sick? 
why don't I want to get better? I mean, I have followed gaps. I have followed paleo. I have went back to macrobiotics just to try it out. Okay, I did Atkins. I don't know why. Okay, I took this. I took that. I followed this protocol. I went to methylation. I got a fecal uh, fecal transplant. I got. I did everything. How come I'm still sick? Because if your cells are not happy, nobody's happy. How does stuff get in? How does stuff get in and out of the cells? This is page ten. Well, a couple of things, and the reason I'm pointing this out today is just so you have a. I love to teach. I love you guys to learn everything, and I realize that um, this may be a little bit dry the subject, but I'm trying to make it a little funny, okay? And you'll find out later why I'm always funny, <clears throat> although some people would argue with that, of course. Okay, diffusion, the passive movement of any substance from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. How does one understand conf uh, diffusion? Let me, let me ask you a question. If a dog poops in one end of a room, okay, and you're in the other end of a room, you're going to smell it eventually, okay? Okay, I hate to be crass, but the reason is is because that's an area of high concentration of poop molecules, and it's going to passively spread out until it equalizes out in the entire room, and that's diffusion. Osmosis is kind of the same thing, but it's a passive diffusion of water through a semi-permeable membrane, and it kind of depends on how thick the solutions are. So if you have water and you have a thin, have a thick solution that is thin, the water is going to want to go through the membrane to the thicker solution to kind of equalize the amount of water. This a lot if you're um, talking about dehydration or if you're doing intravenous therapy, you're always having to calculate the osmotic pressure, the osmotic gradient, so that uh, you are careful about not too much water getting into the cell, not too much water being drawn out, because you can dehydrate cells, and of course you can push water into the cell, which will make them expand and burst, which would be a bad thing. <clears throat> Facilitated transport is accomplished by proteins in the membranes that allow the passage of otherwise restricted molecules, something like insulin. Insulin kind of opens things up so glucose can get in, goes by itself, glucose cannot get into the molecule, okay, cannot get into the cell. And frankly, this is why, you know, if you don't have insulin, that your blood sugar goes up, but your cells are starving, okay? Active transport is something that actually pulls and actively exchanges something like a pump, okay? It pulls molecules across the membrane against the concentration gradient. What does that mean? Let me give you an example, okay? And ladies will understand this when they start getting around their menstrual period and, and why things swell, okay? Uh, Inside the cell, there's predominantly potassium. Outside the cell is predominantly sodium, okay? And if you think about salt, sodium's chloride, sodium tends to draw water, okay? So since the cell is a semi-permeable membrane and these, and these atoms are very small, the potassium wants to get out all the time and by diffusion, and the sodium wants to get in. So if the sodium gets in, so does water, and the, and the cell begins to swell. So we have something at the cell wall called the sodium-potassium pump. And it grabs the sodium from the inside, the potassium from the outside, and it throws them either way. Okay, and this pump just works like crazy all day, every day, day in and day out, pulling the escaped potassium at, back into the cell and the escaped and the intruder sodium that's in the cell out. Okay, guess who runs the pump? Vitamin B6. And when you get into that premenstrual area, the hormones kind of steal away the B6. And the sodium-potassium pump is working, but it's not working as fast. 
So you kind of get more sodium in the cells that you'd like, and the cells begin to swell. And that's why your rings get tighter and um, other, your waist band might get tighter and you realize that you're holding on to water. Uh, what is all the problems though? Well, you're swelling cells. You're infl not inflaming them, but you're making them swell or they are swelling because of the, um, because of what's going on. Now, you've all had girlfriends who have menstrual backaches. The backaches are not caused by the menses. The backaches, the back problem is there. Only the cells now are getting swollen enough that you can feel them. It reaches a symptomatic level. Okay. Uh, depending on where the glitches are, the swelling is going to affect the person differently. If the glitch is in the temporal lobe, we're going to have a lot of emotional stuff. If the glitch is in the lumbosacral lumbo spine, you're going to get the backache. Okay. And uh, I think you get the idea. Okay. Endocytosis, phagocytosis, and pinocytosis. This is how process, these are the processes that bring stuff into the cells, how cell membranes engulf a foreign substance, and how the membrane engulfs small droplets of water. You know, it's kind of interesting because the cell membrane is a fat. So how does it get water across it by these processes? And exocytosis is the exact opposite process. This is how your body kicks stuff out of the cells. Okay, all this stuff has to work. Okay, all this stuff has to work. And where does it all mostly happen? Right at the cell wall. Okay, and I have a nice picture of the cell wall here telling you all the different, you know, glandular proteins, glycoproteins, you know, and you see where the extracellular fluid is on the top and the cytoplasm on the bottom. And what have you constantly, what do you guys constantly hear me say? The cell is a phospholipid bilayer. Say it with me now. The cell is a phospholipid bilayer. And say it again, the, the cell is a phospholipid bilayer. It is mainly made up of phosphatidylcholine, which nobody can pronounce, much less spell. It's the phospholipid choline, but there's also phosphatidylcholine, uh, phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylinositol. Um, you tend to see that in the lecithins, okay, because we're forever prescribing sunflower lecithin or soy lecithin or egg lecithin. But your cells are made up of this phospholipid bilayer. And if you don't have your phospholipids, you're going to have a very leaky cell. And those things that belong on the inside will go on the outside. Stuff that's on the outside is going to go on the inside. And generally, your cell's not going to work because the very first stage of apoptosis, cellular death, is swelling. So what do we need for the cells to work? We need macronutrients and micronutrients. I realize this is very basic, but you know something? I'm finding out that we're not paying attention. So since you're all my good friends, I'm going to make sure that tonight we get a good idea of how the cell works. Okay, page 13. <clears throat> What's a macronutrient? Proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Okay, what we eat. Micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, trace elements, and of course water. So we know that Protein breaks down into amino acids, okay, so that we can – it can be stored as glycogen or fat and oxidizes energy. So let me tell you, I, I, I read a lot of neurotransmitter tests. I know you guys don't know about that, right? And sometimes you see these really high uh, serotonin levels because somebody's taking 5-hydroxytryptophan. And then I always have the person or persons who are, you know, come through the atmosphere saying, you're going to cause serotonin syndrome. Well, serotonin syndrome is a very dangerous and 
life-threatening condition. Okay, and it cannot be caused, I repeat, it cannot be caused by an amino acid. It can be caused by the injudicious use of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, but not by the amino acids. Why? Because when you have enough amino acids and your body does not need the serotonin and it releases that 5-HTP, your body engages in, in a process called gluconeogenesis and it creates glucose. And if you have enough glucose and you don't need energy, it will store as glycogen in the liver or fat in the cells. Okay, but if it needs energy, it'll oxidize its energy. Okay, my God, my Brooklyn accent's coming out tonight, eh? Fats, fatty acids, we need fatty acids, okay? Fat is not a bad thing. Too much fat is, of course, but fat is not a bad thing, especially for a kid. The other thing that bothers me the most is when I, when I see parents uh, limiting uh, the good oils or, you know, the fats that kids need because they need that to form the cells in their brain. Remember that, that thing inside your head is a big glob of fat. Okay, and these can be stored as triglycerides. And fatty acids can be used to create ketones, which is a separate form of energy. Okay, and that energy can be broken down into acetyl coenzyme A and go into the Krebs cycle. We all know about carbohydrates because carbohydrates create glucose, and they can be also stored as fat or glycogen. Okay, if you have enough of it, Okay, and you don't have any more energy needs, your body will store it as fat because that is a storage form, okay, or glycogen in the liver, and again can be oxidized as energy. Okay, so we need those things to work, but we also need the vitamins, minerals, and trace elements in order for the biochemical processes to do that to work. So on the next page, I found this really great um, picture. Uh, actually, two pictures put together, kind of telling you what you need, and it's all these little bowls with vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin B5, B6, B7, B5, and all the trace minerals. But let's not forget, you can have the most expensive vitamin in the world, okay? And believe me, I see some stuff out there that's hellishly expensive, and I sit there and look at it and say, you know, if it doesn't get absorbed, it isn't worth anything. So, again... You look at the phospholipids on page 15. Phospholipids are kind of unique because they have a polar and a nonpolar area. Well, what does that mean? Well, when something is nonpolar, it's fat-soluble. When it's polar, it's water-soluble. The phospholipids have features of both, and that's why when you use a liposome, okay, that's why it gets like liposomal vitamin C or liposomal curcumin. That's why it gets in so well because it can get through this layer really, really well and really easily. Okay, God put a kind of interesting twist on this. You know, we talk about phase one, phase two, liver detoxification. Well, what's really going on there is that you have a non-polar substance, a fat-soluble substance, and you want to turn it into a water-soluble substance, which is a polar molecule, which is nothing short of alchemy, really. Okay, but God made it so that it works. So we go through the cytochrome P450 pathways that takes that nonpolar molecule and essentially turns it into a free radical, which is kind of an interim state. But we want to make sure the other pathways are working because you don't want to release a lot of free radicals. And it will take those free radicals and put them through the conjugation pathways like acetylation, methylation, glucocoronidation. You'll be impressed that I can pronounce the words. Okay, at the end of those pathways is when you get the polar molecule that is water-soluble and can be put out by the kidney. Okay, strange and wonderful thing. This is not fat, it's not water, it's a little bit of both. 
Okay, and that's also why liposomal things can get into the body like you're injecting them. Okay, and that's why you see us recommend a lot of liposomal stuff. And again, page 16, nothing will work if the cells can't symphonize. Simple. They don't work together, nothing's going to work. Methylation won't work. So maybe we better stop concentrating on methylation and start concentrating on the cells. Biopterin won't work. This is what creates your neurotransmitters, okay? You don't get your cells what they need. It doesn't matter what the polymorphisms say. Not going to work. It doesn't matter what you pop in your mouth that's being told to you by a vitamin company because they looked at your snips and say, take this. If your cells aren't working, this is not going to work. MTHFR won't work. DHPR won't work. Nothing. Transsulfuration won't work. Okay, you won't produce your glutathione. Okay, and it doesn't matter what HCYCBSCTH or BHMT says. If your cells don't work, nothing's going to work. Okay, not nothing. Looking at the whole pathway planner, not know how. I forgot to put the not. Okay, this is the big picture of the, all the biochemical pathways. Okay, and what I keep trying to remind people is that you treat the body by treating the cells and let the body utilize the biochemical pathways the way it's supposed to. Okay, you cannot reach into one of these pathways and tweak it and turn it and make it work. You are not God. You can work with genetic expression. You're essentially working with each of the cells that knows more about these biochemical pathways than we ever will. So, why? what keeps the conductor from the symphony? Well, this is all problem of malabsorption. So, what do we tend to see? Digestive problems. Okay, cause the vast majority of inflammation, which cause chronic degenerative diseases. And as you know, that my practice, John's practice, is made up of those people who've been everywhere and haven't been able to find answers. And not only are we finding answers, we're getting people better immensely. It's 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 almost scary. Okay, also a reduced ability to use oxygen and water. Okay, if you can't use water, you're not going to live can't use oxygen, again, you're not going to live. So nothing you take will work unless it can get into where it's needed. So if you have two takeaways here, one, the cell function is the most important thing in the body. Two, absorption is the second most important thing. So malabsorption is the key. What are the causes of malabsorption? And again, we've been over this a bunch of times. Okay, intestinal malabsorption can be done can be due to like digestive failure caused by enzyme deficiencies, things like hypochlorhydria, gallstones preventing bile from coming up, pancreatic enzyme deficiencies, and probably many other things. Structural defects, um, irritable bowel syndrome is an inflammation that's going to kind of block everything going in. If you had bariatric surgery that you only have 10% of your stomach or other kind of gastric surgeries. Uh, that will interfere with the absorption, especially of B12 and iron and um, sugars, actually. Uh, It can be very good if you're morbidly obese and you need to get down to a certain point, but it can also be a um, very, very difficult um, way to live. Okay, mucosal abnormalities, leaky gut syndrome. Okay, mucosal abnormalities, uh, talking about breaks in the mucosa, Okay, where antigens can get in and start stimulating the immune system that causes immune upregulation and immune dysregulation. 
Infective agents, I know this is a real surprise to people, yeast, small intestine bacterial uh, overgrowth, parasites, the most underdiagnosed thing in the world. Okay, parasites. I pick it up all the time by just looking where people have been. Okay, and why they wouldn't want to get better. I'm like, been tested for parasites? No? Aha. Okay, and many, many other infective agents, whether they be viral, bacterial, fungal, parasitic, or almost anything else. And there are systemic uh, diseases that will affect the gut. Okay, things like thyroid, diabetes, and malnutrition. Malnutrition can be because it's not available or because you're simply not absorbing it because you're that ill. So in summary, before I open it up for questions where I get shot at, okay, uh, the body cannot work as a harmonious system and healing will not take place unless we can absorb all of our macro and micronutrients as well as phospholipids. And without proper absorption, the conductor is working with sour notes. It's real simple. Okay, we got to go back to basics and get that cell functioning the way it should. And that is what we've been doing at our office and our clinic. And people who shouldn't be getting better are getting better. Even if it doesn't seem to make sense what we're doing, they are getting better. So how do we tune the cells? Well, I hate to do this as a teaser, but uh, I have a guest for next week that is a scientist, inventor, and a nutritional biochemist. I like to call him the conductor. Most people call him Bill. Okay, he's going to share a lot of stuff. I want to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he is a nutritional biochemist who served as a staff nutritionist in a medical practice in the suburbs of Philly. Because of his vast clinical experience, he developed an approach to understanding and nutritionally managing functions of the biological system he refers to as behavioral biology. I'm glad he refers to it as that because if he stole, my, if he stole some of my phraseology, I'd come get him. Uh, actually, this approach resulted in was a result of his investigations into the most fundamental causes of chronic degenerative diseases. I knew I got along with Sky for a reason. Okay. The underlying nutritional inadequacies and biochemical imbalances that existed and the body's extreme defensive response measures to survive. Uh, the particular paradigm that he works with in his head uh, evolved to encompass epigenetic and nutrigenomic principles of nutrition and how they affect the behavior of biological systems and overall health. Let me tell you a little secret. This guy worked, also worked with Ken Blum, PhD. He was practicing epigenetics before that was even on the radar. Okay, he is, uh, Ken Blum is the co-discoverer of the DRD2 gene. Okay, which is one of the uh, dopamine receptors is on chromosome number 11. And uh, Bill Downs is one of, the, one of the people that worked with him, and he has um, created various substances. He's an incredibly intelligent guy, and uh, he is going to be great to speak with. Uh, like I said, he collaborated with Dr. Blum, the father of psychiatric genetics and nutrigenomics and neuroscience. Okay, again, this nutrigenomics and pharmacogenetics, let me tell you a little secret. This is way before those things became buzzwords, okay? So Bill gave me a little bit of his background here, and um, he <laughs> my CV, my, my resume is about 20 pages long. Uh, this makes me look like a little boy, okay? He's got a list of papers that he has co-authored along with authorships, 
authorships of chapters and textbooks, and he gave me just the first 87, okay? Aside from that, this guy is one of the nicest guys in the world and loves to explain things just like Dr. Jess does. I think you're going to enjoy learning from him, and next week is where everything changes. Next week is where you learn how to tune the cells, how to create that cellular symphony from the ultimate expert, okay? So page 26, if anybody always wonders why I'm constantly jovial, because health doesn't come from just nutritious foods, vitamins, and minerals. It comes from peace of mind, peace in the heart, and peace in the soul. And I keep telling people that, you know, health is, is, is laughter, okay? And some people look at me and say, you know, you're too jovial, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And I'm going to tell everybody, leave me alone, okay? <laughs> because here's the way I work, all right? I, I believe in looking at our enemy and laughing at him. Remember World War II, okay, where the Japanese were on one side and the Germans were on the other, and we really thought that they were going to come attack our shores, get to the Mississippi, shake hands, and start chopping up the country, okay, and occupy the country. Well, how did we survive that? We used to go to the movies, and the cartoons in the movies would make fun of the Japanese, okay, with, they always had them with thick glasses and, you know, um, not speaking very well, and they're just basically big buck teeth and so forth, and what we did to the Germans would be considered, shall we say, politically incorrect. But the fact is we laughed at our enemies, and that's how they, we got rid of their power over us. So laughter is not just a matter of you know endorphins and, and pumping that. We have to look at, and what I constantly do is I empower my patients by teaching them and letting them know the truth of the way things work. Okay, But more than that, when you come to see me or Sean or anybody in our group, you feel like you're in the grip of something. Somebody's got its grip on you. By the time you walk out, you've got a grip on it, and it should be afraid, very afraid. So as usual, if you need to contact us for more information, we can be reached at bioindividualmed at gmail.com, or you can fill out the contact form at methylationsupport.com or call 610-449-9716. And um, as Everybody probably knows because they're on my, my blog all the time. I was not feeling well for about a week. And I had to tell you something. Uh, I kind of put it out there because I needed to take some time off. And the outpouring of love that I got. Um, so I know that I had a little sale for just the end of August. I extended that sale, the 15% discount on the initial consultation, until September 30th, just to thank everybody. And the appointments are going like mad. But just remember, if you sign up, you pay for an appointment. You don't have to do it in September. You can do it in October. Okay, just if you get it in now, okay, you can schedule it whenever you want. Okay, so just contact us. We'll be able, we'll be happy to accommodate you. And by the way, if you want something for free, okay, I know everybody's interested in their 23andMe. So if you want to learn how to read your 23andMe without going crazy for free go to methylationsupport.com and sign up and you're going to get a free download of my most popular lecture on how to read your 23andMe without going crazy. What I did was remaster the podcast into a video that includes the voice lecture and the PowerPoint. And to let you know how popular it is, I just before the show, I added up how many archive listens there were for this particular, uh, this particular podcast. There are 10,609 podcast listens. Okay, so I think people are interested. So if you want this for free and you want it in a video form, 
just go to our website, sign up, and we'll be happy to send you the link. Okay? So I think I have chattered like crazy. Okay? If anybody has questions, I'm now looking at the looking at the chat room. If anybody wants to call at 646-595-2277. 646-595-2277. Okay? And uh, remember that the takeaway this week is... Let's pay attention to the cellular function, okay, because everything burgeons out from that, okay? And what we've been thrown at all the time is, like, let's look at methylation, let's look at this, or worse than that, you're looking, I have fibromyalgia. Thank you very much for describing the fact that I've got pain. Okay, you have night eating syndrome. Thank you, I like to get up at night and eat. Okay, you have, and they keep calling syndromes diagnoses. That's wrong, it's absolutely wrong, but the real true basis of health starts in the cell and starts with that nice, beautiful cellular symphony. If the cell is working the way it's supposed to, and by the way, it's hardwired to work, so all you have to do is give it what it needs and make sure that that stuff gets absorbed, okay? And once that, once your cell is getting everything that it needs, okay, it will work the way God intended. And I don't mean to be religious. I'm not being religious. You know, how, whatever your concept of the higher power, whatever, however life created, it's not important to me how you perceive that, but it's important to me that you understand, you know, where illness comes from and where health begins. So one of the reasons we're being so successful is because we are looking at this from that point of view. Let's see here. Uh, how does one measure their cells working properly? Is it strictly by symptoms? There's a whole mess of different ways. Okay. Uh, if I had Sean on here, he would wax philosophic about, you know, you can test the cell wall this way. You can uh, you can look at the spectra cell on micronutrient testing, uh, you can look at the organic acid testing and so forth. <clears throat> but there are certain principles that, you know, if you don't have the money for testing like this, there are certain principles you can utilize. I mean, the body needs phospholipids. You need to absorb them. You need trace minerals. You need to absorb them. You need your full spectrum of vitamins. You need to absorb them. Okay, so if you look at it from that point of view, you can measure it. It kind of depends on how much money you want to spend and how confused you want to get. Okay, because the test only tests for what it, te what it tests for. And sometimes that can give you lots of answers, and sometimes it can confuse the heck out of you. And that's why interpretation is the most important thing. And why when you, when you, you see me going off on the, on the blog posts, it's because somebody's taking a piece of something and trying to make a generalization out of a small piece. And that's, that's inaccurate. So I will say yes, you can if you want. Okay, but... There are certain real basic things you can do that there's no risk 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 to and would work. And we're getting to see that. Anybody who's gotten recent treatment plans from us or have, you know, restarted or, or revisited us, finding out that they're taking 20, 30, 40 vitamins, you know, from another practitioner, I'm cutting it down to five. Better when other people aren't. Okay. And here's a caller. Nice person from the 979 area code. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. And how can I how can I help you tonight? 
Well, you know, to excuse me, I'm very hoarse, um, conveniently so. I I um, <laughs> work with Sean. I know. I'm like, dang, that's not good. Um, I work with Sean, and we have been uh, kind of on this path for, I want to say, uh, almost three months now. And I used to do fitness shows, and I... Uh, I guess long and short of it, after the shows hit an absolute wall and, you know, starved the body, that kind of thing, over-exercise. And we've done all these different tests because of the extreme fatigue, extreme. And so he was the only one that, I mean, I did every blood test. I've been poked, prodded, and pulled on more than uh, I think anybody should in a short amount of time. Um, But... Anyways, long and long of that is cortisol levels are, are off the charts. And so all the supplements and the dairy and, or non-dairy and the non-gluten and anything he said, I mean, I'm a very compliant kind of patient. Mm-hmm. Um, we've switched around with the, the meds, or not the meds, well, actually the meds. Um, I've come off half dose of Ambien. We've uh, all the, the breaks that we were working on, in his words, the break hormones, the transmitters. Right. Um, Putting on the brakes instead of pushing on the gas first. Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I feel like he, I, I, the both of you, you're you're the only ones I feel like can truly help. Um, I, I really you. do. I really believe in your, your process. I really and truly do. Um, but I, I'm kind of at that point right now where... Um, I can tell that my body has become way more efficient. I'm definitely mm-hmm. utilizing my food and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've cut but my I hear, Indian I in hear, half. I hear a butt coming on. <laughs> you, you can hear that even through the hoarseness. <laughs> I think it's the BS coming out that I'm usually using. Not, it's not um, the BS. It's usually somebody with a question, <laughs> and, and I honor that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I'm still so tired. I... I, you know, it's like you don't know how long it's going to take, and everybody is going to. No, no one can tell you. But let me no, let me I ask you a question. Sure. Uh, how long have you been ill? Total. <sighs> My whole life. No. Um, no, no. Get, um, be, be, be realistic. How long have you been ill? Ill that you've been dysfunctional I, um, to the point that you can't work, and you can't function as a it, person. It, how honestly, many years? It, it, the probably gosh, really the last two of the last five. The really the last two of the last five. His, I'm, I'm a very okay. strong-willed person, and let's 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 uh, for argument's sake, let's say it's the last five years, since that's what you said. Okay. okay. And the time you worked with Sean, percentage-wise, how much have you gotten better? By your own definition. You know, in the indirect sense, there has. In, a in, the, lot of in the overall okay. sense, in the overall sense, uh, tell me roughly, percentage-wise, how much you've gotten better. That takes. Okay. Um, Do you think you're fifty percent better, seventy-five percent, twenty-five percent better overall? I mean, probably twenty, twenty-five percent. Okay. Um, because no. I'm, I'm now sleeping. So okay, like I said, it's by it's by your own definition. I'm not I'm not questioning right, it. Right. Just remember no, no, you've been on. you've been you've been ill for five years. 
And the essence of what we do is individualized medicine, which means that there is no, you see, when you go on a protocol and somebody says, and somebody gets better right away, that is just luck. Okay. Right, That's right. just somebody hidden. So what often has to happen is the first month or two, you're in that process of figuring out what's wrong, where the deficiencies are and how to best right. target them. And then you're trying certain things, but it's better targeted and it's individualized. So right. in most areas, if you're in most areas of medicine, if you have a chronic condition for many, many years and in a couple of months, you're 25, 50% better, you're a star. Right. If you can see that there is progression, yes, you the, the road's going to be rocky. You're going to trip. Okay. I'm okay with but, that. But as long as you see progress, progressive improvement, because remember, you've had it for a long time. There's been cellular damage that's not irreversible, but there's been cellular damage. And guess what? You're going to get better. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Sean and I and the people we work with. We talk to each other. You don't got. You guys don't know about it, okay? Because we don't charge you for it, okay? We talk well, to each other. When, when uh, Sean has, when Sean hits a wall, he talks to me. When I hit a wall, I talk to him, okay? Right. He was with a patient today, called me right in front of the patient, where he was over in Jersey, and said, "Just want to talk to you about this patient." Blah, 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 blah. Okay, we don't have a problem with that, okay? Right. Our patients don't have a problem with that. You know why? No, absolutely. because we work with each other constantly. You have to be better, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't hold our knowledge. Long. I'm sorry. Go okay. ahead. I'm sorry. Can you tell we're both talkers? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, you, I, I believe that I, I, I think you were in the background when he was conferring about um, adding tyrosine in to, right. to help with my you Adderall and my receptors. Yeah. Right. He often calls me when it concerns neurotransmitter stuff and when it, and when it becomes right. high-level hormonal, hormonal stuff. He's a guy standing behind me, you know, pointing right. at this, this, and that. You know, we realize right. what our – we have – are particular uh, things that we're the most comfortable with, and right. we're not ashamed to say, "Hey, let's. What's the better way of doing this?" Yeah, and that's right. why we have doctors who who mentor with us, who learn from us, because we don't hold on to our knowledge like a dog with a bone. The biggest right. problem is that people, that other healthcare providers, don't realize that individual medicine actually takes time and effort. Okay, because you have to commit yourself to understanding that particular person's individual physiology, and frankly, it's like it's like starting a square one with each person. But you see right. how it works, no. and it does work. Okay, and what I'm trying to bring out tonight is the aspect that basic is better. Going toward going to fix the cell is how you're going to heal. Okay. Right. So every time we learn something, mind you, if you listened like a year ago, you'd hit, you'd hear us talking way differently. Okay. Right. I'll give you a good example. We used to always, for a long time, we would pay a lot of attention to the CBS and that whole pathway. And we were putting people on low sulfur diets and we were putting them on molybdenum and, and, uh, yucca root and, and, uh, butyrate. And, and we were finding that a percentage of people got better and then got worse all of a sudden. And it was because we were dropping the sulfur too much. Okay. And, and some of us said, hey, listen, take NAC. What do you mean that sulfur? Take NAC. And like in less than 24 hours, they were feeling better. It's a learning process for us. When you're at the edge, right. when you're at the cutting edge of something, you're like on a, on a surfboard on a wave. You're at you the tip the of the surfboard. You've got yeah. to learn and constantly learn. And 
Yeah. As long as you don't ever say to yourself, oh, I've learned enough, or you don't yeah. ever look yeah. at your patient and say, that can't happen, you'll progress, okay? Right. And you'll do well with your patient. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If anyone else has a question, the number is 646-595-2277-646-595-2277. Okay, it's, um, you know, I have a few more minutes for the show. And um, like I said, next week we're going to be bringing uh, the ultimate expert in um, cellular physiology and how to tune the cells, how to get the cells working. Okay, it's going to be a beautiful thing. You'll really like the way he speaks because he speaks like me, talks in parables and talks in stories. Okay, except this man is brilliant and has a ton of experience that um, that <laughs> will boggle your mind. Okay, and you're going to learn next week how a cell can be fixed. And this is something we've been doing rather recently. And people are getting better and better when they shouldn't be getting better or they weren't getting better. And I got to tell you, I'm impressed because it's the work that this man has done, which is why I wanted to introduce the concept of the symphony of the cells or cellular function and then have him, you know, be here for you to ask him questions. Okay. And how. Okay. Um, does anybody else have any other questions tonight? I'm listening. I can hear you breathing out there. I know you're there. You can't fool me. Okay. All right. Hold on for a couple more minutes. Here. Let's not forget um, Dr. Ben's conference. It's um, SheCon, S-H-E-I-C-O-N, 2015. Okay, that's going to be in October. There's going to be great speakers there. And you know Dr. Ben will have it recorded, and you'll be able to download it if you like. Okay, um, if you want the How to Read Your 23andMe Without Going Crazy, uh, which is free, uh, you can take courses. There are courses out there, um, but they're costing like four and $500, and that's good. I mean, you know, if you, if you really want to understand the SNPs, if you really want to get into the nuances of the genes, you know, learn from the best, but you'll pay the price, of course. Uh, my way of dealing with that is, as I've told everybody, is we look at pathways. We look at the polymorphisms like highways, okay, and we see where the probabilities are of who would get sick uh, based on the oxidative stress, okay? So if you're looking at a biochemical pathway, and they have a lot of heterozygous and homozygous SNFs, all that's really saying is that if there's a lot of oxidative stress, that pathway may have some problems. And, of course, then you have to start asking questions and examining the patient, figuring out if that is expressing or not. No computer can do that. No matter who says what, no computer can do that. You need a healthcare provider an experienced healthcare provider to sit down with you and go through not only the genetic polymorphisms, but your history, your testing. Okay, that's the only way that those genes are going to have any kind of meaning. Okay, but they can be great pointers, but when you take them out of context, it's not a good thing. Okay, 
So I wanted everybody to kind of know that. Not that you haven't heard me say that about four million times. Again, tonight is just about the cell and its function. And I told you about the organs and how they work, the organelles and how they work, and what's needed to make a cell work. And I think, I know it sounds really simplistic, doesn't it? Okay, like, this was a waste of time. No, it wasn't. You know why? Because people aren't practicing it. Okay, do you know how many times I interview somebody, I examine somebody, and they have leaky gut syndrome? Duh, right? Okay, how many people have leaky gut syndrome? Everybody. Okay, then I ask him, okay, how have you been treating your leaky gut? Well, I'm on the gas diet. No, no, no. How have you been treating your leaky gut? I'm on the gas diet. And I say, no, 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 no. How are you treating your leaky gut syndrome? And they're saying, I am on the GAPS diet. I'm like, well, who told you that that would fix the leaky gut? Usually their healthcare provider or they read a book. Okay. And what's worse is the healthcare providers are incompletely fixing the guts. Okay. They may use glutamine, a powder with a lot of glutamine, for somebody who has GAD SNPs. You know, that's where the SNPs come in. And you realize that that person has a lot of anxiety. If they have a lot of GAD SNPs and use glutamine, that's going to create a lot of glutamate that will not convert over to GABA. And you're not doing them any favors. Okay, because you've just created a worse a worsening anxiety problem because you're not thinking. Okay, uh, people don't fix the guts correctly. Okay, just remember in the before time where there was a kid with hyperactivity and you took him off gluten and he felt better. Okay, that's because he had leaky gut and the gluten was going through and it was upregulating the immune system, stimulating the HPA axis, and there's a lot of adrenaline coming out. So you took him off gluten. And he felt better, so he put him on soy. Six months later, he's reacting to the soy. Now, I've been in practice long enough where I remember that it was just gluten. Just take people off gluten. Then it was gluten and casein. Then it was gluten, casein, and soy. Now it's gluten, casein, soy, and casein, soy, and corn. Very soon, we're not going to be able to feed anybody anything. Okay, and do you know why it's like this? Do you know why we went from macrobiotics in the 70s and 80s to paleo now is the grains haven't changed all that much it's because yes i know monsanto please don't take shots at me okay but the reality is nobody's fixed the leaky gut because if you didn't have a leaky gut those and you wouldn't be reacting to them so now when people are off gluten and they take and they're eating non-gluten grains they're beginning to react to non-gluten grains, not because of some amorphous cross-reactivity, because the leaky gut's not being fixed. Okay, the real basic stuff, fix the leaky gut and the inflammation goes down because you're not letting antigens in. Real basic stuff, fix the cells so they work and everything generally will work. The brain cells, the stomach cells, the skin cells, Things just start clearing up when you pay attention to the basics. And I don't know if this is a permutation of our specialization thinking. We think that specialization is the greatest thing in the world, but that's why I'm pushing everybody towards generalization. Okay, trying to recreate the old GP. People, somebody who listened, somebody who knew how to put it all together and would work with the basics. I think some doctors think that it's beneath them to work with basics. How many times have you gone to a doctor and like, but about that, you know, this 
great chemotherapies and so forth. And they said, well, what about vitamins? Huh? Here, here's a multivitamin. Here's a one a day for you. Most important thing in the world is to get your biochemical processes working. You need cofactors, coenzymes. You need vitamins, minerals. You need the phospholipids and so forth. And they're ignoring it because it's not sexy. Well, it's weird, isn't it? So that's why I'm going back to basics and I'm going to work with everybody again next week with an ultra expert on how to get your cells working again because that's the true path to healing people. It's not one path, but this is the major glitch that has not been attended to. Okay. Anybody else have a question before we sign off for the night? Okay. Um, it's 646-595-2277. Once again, if you want the free How to Read Your 23 Me Without Going Crazy, okay, you just have to go to methylationsupport.com. That's methylationsupport.com. You'll see it off on the right-hand side. Put your email address in and we'll send you the download. Okay, it's totally free. And we won't bug you because we have to write newsletters and stuff to bug you. <laughs> okay, we're too busy to do that. You know, and we're forever on the uh, blogs and, you know, answering questions and so forth. Okay, and of course, if you have any other questions, we're here. All right, and uh, do me a favor this week, guys. I, I would really take it as a personal favor. Uh, I'd like to get that number over 100,000. Okay, so tell your friends. Okay, all my, all of our podcasts are on the website. Okay, yes, I have a few of them that I, I have for sale, but they're also on the website. When I've remastered them and put them in nice packages, they're on the, they're in the store for a grand total of seven dollars. If you want a fancy one, okay. But if you just want to listen to the podcast, they're available for free. I haven't taken that away, and I don't have any intention of taking it away. Okay, so it's a lot to be learned, and almost ninety nine thousand listens. I think what we're talking about has got value. Okay. Well, it doesn't look like anybody else has questions, so I will thank you for your attention tonight. And I will look forward to speaking with you all next week when we have Bill Downs, nutritional biochemist and all-around genius and nice guy, okay, explain how cells work and how we can fix them. And we'll be around to answer all your questions to whatever depth. And if your healthcare providers want to join in on this so they can – this is a man who you want to grill, okay, so – I thank you again. I appreciate your attention and um, see you next week. It's been a long road. You know, at the end of every show, I, uh, I use this enterprise theme, and uh, it talks about strength of the heart, and you know, I always equate this to, you know, people with chronic illnesses because they think you're the strongest people in the world. Okay, but in order to, to defeat, you know, what has been visited upon people with chronic illnesses, you know, we've had to chip away at it for quite a while. And I remember way back when, in November 2013, you know, what is a diagnosis? Because everybody was convinced that, or was being made to believe that things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue were diagnoses. 
okay, only to find out that they're just syndromes. Okay, so, you know, stick with us. There's been a lot of learning going on, and you guys are changing healthcare on the face of the planet, not me. You guys are going to your healthcare providers and saying, hey, you got to know this stuff. Okay, all I'm doing is giving you information. Okay, and um, I'm very proud you're listening. 99,000 listens. Amazing. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week. Take care. This is Dr. Jess Armine from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine signing off. <laughs>